Psalm 66. Tell everyone on this earth to shout praises to God. Sing about his glorious name. Honor him with praises. Say to God, everything you do is fearsome, and your mighty power makes your enemies come crawling. You are worshipped by everyone. We all sing praises to you. Come and see the fearsome things our God has done. When God made the sea dry up, our people walked across, and because of him we celebrated there. His mighty power rules forever, and nothing the nations do can be hidden from him. So don't turn against God. All of you people, come praise our God. Let his praises be heard. God protects us from death and keeps us steady. Our God, you tested us, just as silver is tested. You trapped us in a net and gave us heavy burdens. You sent war chariots to crush our skulls. We traveled through fire and through floods, but you brought us to a land of plenty. I will bring sacrifices into your house, my God, and I will do what I promised when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice my best sheep and offer bulls and goats on your altar. All who worship God, come here and listen. I will tell you everything God has done for me. I prayed to the Lord, and I will praise him. If my thoughts had been sinful, he would have refused to hear me. But God did listen and answered my prayer. Let's praise God. He listened when I prayed, and he is always kind. Tonight we are going to study Psalm 66, which is a prayer of joy. The reason for this is because wherever hope can be found, there is always, always, always joy. This is particularly true of the Christian life. As Christians, our great hope is knowing that through the Lord Jesus Christ, we will have salvation. Salvation is freedom. Freedom from injustice, freedom from sin. Is freedom from our prison of looking after only ourself to a new life of entrance into self-forgetful worship and service to and of God. It is freedom, freedom from the limits of pain, decay, death and entrance into a new world of life, immortality, beauty and joy without end. That is the hope of the Christian and that is why we can have joyous Christians. But joy is not just for the future. Did you know that? Joy is also for the present, for the here and the now. But what is joy? And what place should joy take in yours, your life today and in my life? Let's look at Psalm 66 and see where joy fitted in to the life of the psalmist. Firstly, joy in the earth, verses 1 and 4. Listen again from another translation to that beginning. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing to the glory of his name. Offer glory and praise. The majority of Jewish scribes and the leaders of Israel normally only gave praise to God silently and in meditation. This was, of course, acceptable to God. But here, among a great number of peoples, the whole earth is encouraged to shout with great joy to God. This also was acceptable to God, and it is quite natural for great crowds of people to shout in harmony. If praise is to be widespread, it must also be vocal. Joyful sounds stir the soul and cause great thanksgiving spreading throughout the people. 
God is to be praised with both the voice and the heart. O oh, great joy when all the earth will worship God in joyful harmony. One day all the earth will sing the praises of God in every language, in every tongue. The whole earth, everyone is encouraged to sing of the glory and power of Almighty God. The psalmist encourages the, the worshippers to turn their praises to God. The honour of God should be the focus of our praise. It is our glory to give God glory. We turn in joy and admiration to a God who one day will cause all the earth to fear and tremble before him. One day all the earth will bow down to worship Almighty God. For those who are enemies of God, for those who have never believed in him, they too will be forced into submitting worship to him. They are forced to worship him out of his power, his majesty and submission, not because they choose to. But their worship will not be like the saints, the Christians. The worship of the saints, of those who truly believe in him, will be of truth, love and pure joy and service. The joy of the earth will be to praise God. Then there's joy and the nation of Israel from verses 5 to 12. After the cellar, which is possibly a brief pause in the song, the psalmist now exhorts joy because what God has done for the nation of Israel. He has done mighty works for his people, the nation of Israel. Did not God start the nation from Genesis 12 and Abraham? Did not God lead his people out of the Egyptian exile by parting the Red Sea with his mighty hand so that his people could walk to freedom? Does not God rule forever by his mighty power? Indeed, his almighty power? God watched over that nation of Israel, made covenants with Abraham, Moses and David, promising that he will be their God and they will be his people. The people of Israel were people of joy because they could look and see what God had done for them and have a sure hope of what he would do for them in the future. God took Israel through hard trials and exiles to be sure. The psalmist here continues to encourage the people to loud praise and joyful noise of God because silver and gold do not become pure without some refining, without being put through fire. God kept the feet of Israel from slipping even though they turned their back on him. God always kept the remnant of believers for himself. In ancient Israel, God sent them into exile to their enemies for punishment due to their rebellion against him. But finally he leads them into the promised land, flowing with milk and honey. That is why Israel could have joy, because of the hope they had in their God. Then lastly, joy in the psalmist, verses 13 to 20. The psalmist's joy starts with a sacrifice. Something that cost him. A sacrifice of vows and burnt offerings. What he said he would do, he will do, and he did it. He gave God promises, and he wants to fulfill his promises before God. Because of his great joy, the psalmist tells others the source of his joy. He gives testimony to the love of God, how he confessed his sins to God, 
and how God has listened to him and answered his prayers. The psalmist told the people to come and hear his story. Listen to what God has done for me. They had all seen God's work, but they also needed to hear that he was a gracious God, a God full of grace and mercy. So the joy of the psalmist involves sacrifice, testimony and praise. As we have just seen, the psalmist's joy involves sacrifice, testimony and praise. So how can we apply these things to our lives and to ourselves in 21st century? Firstly, sacrifice. As Christians, we should always give our best to God. The psalmist never presents a starving goat to God as a sacrifice, but well-fed animals of the best fields of all we have, whether small or large, we are actively encouraged to give God the best of it. It was not a waste to burn the fat upon the altar of God, nor to pour out the precious ointment upon the head of Jesus Christ. Sacrifices show our heart love to God. Making sacrifices shows gratitude to God in action. Joy comes from giving to God. Then there's the testimony. Giving our testimony to people should cause us to have great joy. Telling people what God has done for us should cause every one of us to have even greater joy than we have already. Telling others of God's mercy, grace and love is all part of our joy. When we lead someone to Jesus Christ for the first time, not only do they feel great joy and peace in their heart, but we also feel great joy inside us. The joy of God bubbles up inside us and demands that we praise our God, the Father. Then finally, praise. Praising God lifts our heart, soul and spirit when we are feeling down. The whole earth one day will praise him and have great joy. The nation of Israel praised him for the things he had done for them and had given them much joy. The psalmist praised God and there was great joy in his heart. He had many reasons to praise God. God listened to his prayers, took his sacrifices and worship, forgave him when he had confessed his sins. God had not withheld his love from him. Surely the praise of God's people causes great joy to be spread amongst them. Now that is all very well you may be thinking, but just what is joy? Is joy happiness or is it more? Here are what some people have said of joy. Leon Bloy, we are all strings in the concert of God's joy. Or Oswald Chambers, the joy that Jesus gives is the result of our being at one with him. Many people, including some Christians, confuse joy with happiness. However, there is a vast difference between the two. As C.S. Lewis once wrote, Joy is never in our power, and pleasure is. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted true joy would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasure or happiness in the world. As humans, we only feel happiness or pleasure depending on our circumstances. 
while joy is always separate from our circumstances. Happiness is a surface emotional response to good things, while joy is a deep down heartfelt response that endures whether good or bad things happen to us. The world says happiness is looking out for number one and negotiating your personal good in all you do. The greatest good is their own happiness. However, the happiness doesn't last long, so the search for happiness continues in its circle. Joy, however, is the result of sacrificial love. It is for the good of others, not for ourselves, which is to be our judge of joy. When we give away our will for the sake of others, we receive the joy that Jesus Christ desired for us. Happiness and joy are radically different as we have seen. In his autobiography, his testimony, if you will, surprised by joy, C.S. Lewis described his pursuit of joy. He had tried to find it in humanism, communism, eroticism, and lots of other isms and human philosophies and searches, but they only led him to places where joy had already been. He did not find joy for himself until he realized that joy would come only as a result of putting Jesus Christ first in all aspects of his life. Joy, unlike happiness, is never an end in itself. It is only as we make Jesus Christ our overwhelming first priority that joy, almost without our knowing it, comes. If we seek joy, we will lose it, because it cannot be caught. People of the world seek happiness, not joy. Joy is given only by Jesus Christ and serving him. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had the endurance to go through the pain and suffering because he had the end in view. He was affirming his purpose for the redemption and salvation of the world, and so he never lost sight of the joy that was set before him. Joy would come to him out of suffering because he gave himself for the redemption of mankind. Jesus prayed that his disciples would have joy. I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they, talking about his disciples, may have the full measure of my joy within them. John chapter 17 verse 13. The joy of Jesus Christ is transferred to us as we go about the task of serving him in this world. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. Joy is to be a quality about us, just as it was a quality of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, sometimes we don't feel as if joy is part of us. We begin to question ourselves if we have lost the joy of our Christian life. We look around at the world we live in and see all the misery and the injustices. We see the waste of human life in cancer and HIV AIDS and and other diseases. And we don't feel very joyful. But when we do that, we are confusing happiness with joy. 
if we have lost the joy of our Christian life, we need to put back into perspective what God is calling us to do and consider if Jesus Christ is still truly first in our life. Joy is Jesus over yourself. We can never lose joy, but we can misplace it if our priorities get out of line. Joy is not something to be worked at or toward. It is not a goal to be reached, nor is it an end in itself. Joy is the result of our relationship with Christ, with Jesus, a relationship of Jesus over yourself. Joy was sacrifice, testimony and praise according to the psalmist. It is for us too in these last days before his coming again. As this is now the night before Easter week begins, let us end with that comment from the writer to the book of Hebrews in regards to Jesus and joy. Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, that sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As E. Underhill once said, this is the secret and meaning of joy. We shall no longer strive for our own way, but commit ourselves to God's way, submit to his will, and in doing so, find joy and peace. Go out with joy today, looking to Jesus over yourself. Thank you.